Today on the Travel Guys. In the travel news, U.S. travel agencies set a January record for air sales, plus Uber drivers and flight attendants protest in selected cities across the country. Those and other stories next in the news. At 11.20, we'll make you a smarter traveler with some reminders about how travel hackers are looking for your information online every day. We have a few common sense solutions anyone can use. Surge, peak, high season, whatever you want to call the highest prices for hotels, airline tickets, and attractions, they're all managed by dynamic pricing. Allow us to explain how dynamic pricing impacts your vacation and other travels at 11.35. Our odds and ends segment at 11.55 features an update on the future of America's biggest river cruise line. We'll tell you the truth about the travel products you buy and the destinations you visit. Welcome to the latest edition of the Travel Guys. On the road again, knocking everywhere, man. That'll be just more broadcast content. Okay. Excellent. Thank you. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Thanks for joining us here on a cloudy, soon-to-be rainy Saturday morning and heading into an afternoon. Marco. How's it going over there? I, you know, we hardly spoke this week. I know you're getting all set for another sports leisure vacation trip. Planning uh, taking off pretty soon. Back to Hawaii, I understand. Yep, Tuesday morning. Actually, I'm going a day ahead of the group, so I'm going Monday morning. Um, we're taking a group to spend a week on Kauai. So that's if you've listened to this show for a while, you know that's one of my favorite places in the whole world. I love the people on Kauai, and I love just about everything about it, it's probably my favorite place in the islands. It's a small island with only one major road, so you can't go too many places. But uh, <laughs> we found some some fun things for for our folks to do. So yes, I am one of the one of the joys of what I do for a living is that I get to make people happy. I get to make people's dreams come true. So there's always somebody on a trip to Hawaii who has never been there before, has always wanted to go there. And their eyes get about you know as big as watermelons, and it's uh, so it's it's always a lot of fun to take people to special destinations like that. You'll always have somebody who was got married there, or saw Elvis at the Coco Palms when they were a kid, or something like that. So Hawaii is a really special destination. Do you have a? Is this trip uh, one where you know you either got the uh, the seahorse farm or the chocolate uh, <laughs> the, the chocolate farm or um, our unique thing on this trip is we went over, we did a scouting trip. I wanted to meet Mr. Kauai. You know, every destination has a person who, sometimes persons, who just really know everything about it and are really the person to talk to. And I felt like we had never really gotten the history and some of the cultural things about the island. So we found a gentleman. Actually, he's called Chucky Boy. Everybody in the island calls him Chucky Boy. He's a grown man and um, runs the museum on Kauai. So we're going to go there, and not only is he going to regale us with some historical stories about the island, but we're also going to assist in restoring some old paintings. So we have decided that um, in the Practice What You Preach department, I've talked a long time on this 
program about people going to special destinations and uh, kind of using the destination and then you know going home and saying, well, you clean up after me. So Hawaii is one of those places where for a long time people from the mainland have gone and in some cases done their partying, had their fun, and then gone home and left it for the island people to clean up. Um, so there's kind of a movement among Hawaiians and now among mainlanders to, to when we go to the islands to try to give something back, try to put something back in place, make something a little bit better than it was before we got there, whether it's a beach cleanup or, in this case, we're going to help restore some paintings uh, in the museum. So from now on, when my groups go to the islands, we should have done this a long time ago, um, we're going to find something to do that contributes to the well-being of the islands. And I would just suggest to people, you don't have to have a formal activity to do this. You can go out on the beach and pick up your own trash for 30 minutes one day. You know, just get a take a little trash bag with you. Make it something fun. Have the whole family go do something. Just make the play, make the islands a little better because then we'll show the people who live there that we value their destination and that we respect them. And I think there'd be a whole lot of winners in something. And with the travel news. <laughs> wow. And with the travel news, here's Mark. Okay. Delta Airlines has announced that they are beefing up their Hawaii service. Never mind, it doesn't have anything to do with Sacramento. But if you know somebody who lives in Boston or Seattle, next year they're going to be able to get to the islands a lot easier than they have been uh, before all of that happened. And also... In the Delta Airlines department was the icky story of the week. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about this already. I was going to leave it out, but I figured there's probably a few people who haven't heard about it yet. A Delta Airlines flight was headed from Amsterdam to Detroit. They got about two hours out of Amsterdam, and uh, somebody had brought a piece of fish and put it in the overhead, and the piece of fish was apparently not, hadn't been caught very recently. And um, some bugs had gotten into the fish, specifically maggots. And when they got a couple hours over the ocean, the maggots got loose out of the carry-on package and started falling out of the carry out of the overhead onto people who were passengers on the plane. Oh man! Yeah, so that's really bad. Uh, yeah, so they had to turn back, turn back around, go back to Amsterdam, clean up the airplane. Um, Delta, however, in their kindness and generosity, did give folks 8,000 air miles, a hotel room if you needed it, and a $30 meal ticket if you were there overnight. So some people might say, well, gee, that was nice of them. But let's remember, it wasn't Delta's fault that somebody brought a piece of rotting fish onto the air. This is true. So, um, wow, that would just be a bummer. You know, you're traveling on a plane. What's that horrible smell? And then things start dropping on your head? That ruined your whole day. Um, speaking of ruin your, ruining your whole day, flight attendants protested at airports across the country. Again, not in Sacramento, fortunately, but at 30-plus U.S. airports and also London Heathrow, they are looking for better working conditions and more money. Uh, you know, the, the airlines and the big co- the companies, the corporations all took care of their bottom lines by raising the prices. We pay a lot more money for just about everything that has anything to do with travel. So why is it these people on the bottom have to go and protest in the streets in order to get some share of those dollars? I mean, they've raised the prices on us. They've, they've, they're goosing the heck out of us just about everywhere we turn. But the little guy on the bottom, it hasn't trickled down to him or her yet. So where is all this money going? He said editorially mm-hmm. in the middle of the news. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And speaking of which, 
Uber and Lyft drivers struck on Valentine's Day in selected cities over pay. Also, some of the DoorDash drivers uh, went on strike on Wednesday. 17 U.S. cities, including Los Angeles, Chicago, San Francisco, Washington, Philadelphia, and Orlando. Once again, nice to not be a top-tier city here in Sacramento Mm -hmm. because they didn't come after us. But uh, the drivers say Uber and Lyft are taking increasingly large cut of fares, forcing forcing drivers to work longer hours to make the same amount of money. It's important to note that Uber's stock hit an all-time high this last week, a couple of times on consecutive days. So financially, Uber is doing much better. So again, I just asked the question, how is it that the people on the bottom who are doing all the work are not doing better? Why is it that they're having to take job actions in order to be able to get their share of this money so it appears as though the corporations made sure that when they raised the prices that they took care of all of their expenses except they forgot to take care of their employees and i might suggest to them that that might be the place to start instead of the place to finish just an idea u.s travel agencies set a january record for air sales up seven percent from january 2023 um, of course, not everybody buys their tickets from travel advisors, travel agencies, but there is an example of at least one area of the travel industry that is not slowing down. Hawaiian Airlines has started putting free, yes, that's free, high-speed Wi-Fi on their planes that fly across the ocean. So if you are inclined to fly Hawaiian to Hawaii, they do a terrific job of making it feel like Hawaii on the airplane, and now you mm-hmm. can get Wi-Fi for free. Not only that, this is supposed to be the current state-of-the-art Wi-Fi, and Wi-Fi is getting better on airplanes, so it's possible that you might actually get into the middle of the ocean and still have a, a signal. Um, here's something for people who live in Portland. I, I, I say this is a travel story only because I take groups um, to Bob's Red Mill to eat on occasion just outside of Portland. Um, Bob Moore, who is the gentleman for whom Bob's Red Mill is named after. If you lived in Portland for a long time or even a short time, you probably know this landmark. He was 94 years old. He runs he ran a, a store basically that sold grains and things of that sort, has branched out to all kinds of other related products, but he was 94 years old. He started the store in 1978. So that's a year before I started my tour company. So he's been, he had been around for a long, long, long time. So folks, folks from Portland, um, Bob Moore has passed away. Congress has added some new consumer protections for airline passengers. Let's see, we're running a little bit long here, but let's see if we can get a a couple of these in. Um, these are part of the Federal Aviation Reauthorization Act, which was which passed the U.S. Senate last week. When it'll pass the House. Um, nobody knows. Probably sometime in the next 30 or 40 years, they don't really do anything governmental over in the House, so we'll have to see. Uh, anyways, when if and when they get around to passing this and the president signs it, um, some rules will be changing. Airlines will be required to display uh, ancillary fees, core fees, before you book the ticket. So if they are going to charge you uh, additional money to check a bag, things like that, then they're going to have to tell you about it and you'll have an opportunity to consider it in the price. There also will be a requirement that airlines provide free 24-7 access to customer service agents by phone, live chat, or text message. Hello, Frontier Airlines, are you listening? 
Um, they want air, this will extend airline credit vouchers to at least five years. Some airlines like Southwest already have no expiration date, but some do not. Fee free feeding, free, fee, bleh. Try saying that three times. Let's start over. Fee free family seating. The bill prohibits airlines from charging fees for families to sit together. Um, they have to, uh, disclose their family seating policies up front. Uh, let's see, rights to refunds, clear standards for refunds when an airline, uh, yeah, that's something they'll dodge. Um, and finally, uh, customer, consumer violations can go from $25,000 per violation to $75,000. Anyways, those things that are most important, the family seating, the extension of the credit vouchers, the fact that you should be able to talk to somebody 24-7, those are all things that hypothetically will be improvements until the airlines figure out a way to work around them. Uh, best party cities in the United States. Mardi Gras is coming up. We just had the the Super Bowl in order. Now, remember, this doesn't necessarily mean that you want to go there. This might mean that you don't want to go there. <laughs> um, best party cities, Atlantic City, Miami Beach, Hoboken, surprisingly, New Jersey. Key West, which I just came back with. I'm certain that that belongs on the list. Miami, Las Vegas, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, home of the Mardi Gras, uh, Baton Rouge, home of also a Mardi Gras celebration. Reno and Shreveport round out the top ten. And uh, finally, for those of you who didn't get to Las Vegas last week for the Super Bowl, you missed uh, the best room rate in town for a for a strip hotel. The new Fountain Blue asked $1,120 a night. That was the lowest price that this reporter could wow. find anywhere mm-hmm. on the Strip. Um, traditional Vegas visitor spends about $1,100 per person per trip. Super Bowl, average Super Bowl expenditure, $4,700. Four and a half times as much money as was spent by other folks. So anyways, um, people who went to Las Vegas, they paid their money and took their chances. It was a terrific football game, though. A little sloppy, but it was a terrific football game. And that's your travel news for today. All right, there you go. And we are the Travel Guys, and uh, this is kind of like part of the news. Every Monday, Rudy's Hideaway has a new special offering two for $65 dinner specials. Now, the options are great. Check it out. You get a choice of either a lobster tail, prime rib, filet, I'm going to see if I can get this right, bourguignon, chicken marsala, or golden fried prawns. Each entree includes Boston clam chowder, baked potatoes, vegetables, and San Francisco sourdough rolls. And as always, all week long, uh, you can get the Travel Guys special. And that's a six-ounce lobster tail with all the fixings for twenty nine ninety five. Rudy's Hideaway, a great place to uh, take a date, take a family. Uh, if you want to cater, also very good. Rudy's Highway, uh, Rudy's Hideaway, off of Highway fifty at Hazel, a Sacramento legend, don't you think, Mark? Uh, yes, even you could even take like your favorite radio announcer or something. You know, you you could, yeah. Hey, let's what you doing for lunch? <laughs> All right, my friends, coming up next here on the Travel Guys, we're going to offer you a little bit of advice as to how to protect yourself from travel hackers. That's next here on the Travel Guys. <laughs>
found us. We're Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano, the Travel and Entertainment Guys, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. All kinds of cool stuff to make you a smarter traveler can be found at our website, travelguysradio.com. Also links to podcasts of all of our shows and a way to sign up to be notified when the podcasts are ready. All right, Mark, let's talk a little bit about travel hackers. First of all, uh, what are people, uh, how, how are they doing it? They, they, what are they hacking into and what kind of information are they after? Well, this is probably, if you're a regular listener to this program, this is probably one of the most important segments that, that we'll do. And if you're not a regular listener, this is probably one of the most important segments that you'll hear on the radio. Um, when we travel, we give travel companies a lot of personal information. We set up accounts with them. We allow them to have access to our birth dates and our home addresses. And we, we give them a tremendous amount of personal information before we travel. So if somebody were able to hack into that information, they could do some real damage to us. And you say, well, these companies have uh, protections and they keep us protected. And yeah, maybe and not so much. Just a couple of weeks ago, those of you who have notifications, who are notified when there are situations like this, got a note. I got one from LifeLock that said Booking.com had been hacked. And that and Booking sent out a notice to me last week saying exactly that, that they had been hacked and it was possible some of your personal information had been revealed. Now, I don't do business with Booking.com. They All they have is my email address. But nonetheless... Um, if you did book with Booking.com, it's time to change your password right now um, because somebody has gotten into their information, and who knows what information of yours they can have. There are some things that you can do to protect yourself against this. You don't have to be paranoid and say, oh, I'm not giving you that, because in many cases, if you don't give them certain pieces of critical information, then you're not staying in their hotel, going to their attraction, etc., etc. Um First and most important thing you can do, two-factor authentication. Now, if you're young and technology savvy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're a little bit older, this might that might be a phrase you haven't heard before. Two-factor authentication. What this means that is when you go in to go to log into your United account, they won't let you in until they send a code usually to your tech to your cell phone they can send it to your email address in other words are you who you say you are did you see this message can you enter the six digit code okay now we know that you're legit so two factor authentication it's a little bit of a pain in the rear end because you can't log in real quickly but that's something that you can do probably the most important thing you can do to protect yourself second most important enable login notifications so if someone logs into your account with the correct password and they're not you, the uh, United Airlines or whomever it is is going to send you a, a message, a text message and or an email message and say, hey, look, someone has just gotten into your account from this source and we want to make sure that it's you. So that would give you an opportunity to be able to correct the situation right away. And the other thing that's really important is don't repeat your passwords. Don't use the same passwords for every travel company that you do business with so that if they get your password from one, they've got it from all. Even if it's a password where you change the number inside the password or one letter, anything like that would work. Those are great suggestions. I, I am, well, I, I better not say somebody will take advantage of me. G- yeah. Great, great suggestions. 
Well, um, the two the two factor authentication is really important, especially if you have a lot of miles, a lot of points, etc. Yeah, and, and you know, if you have a cell phone and you do texting with family and friends, that's the the text message is the best because you're going to be on your computer at the time at whatever site, and if you use the text, you you have the screen up. Your your phone goes ding ding. You take a look at the text. There's the code. You enter it on your computer, and you're you're logged in, and you're set to go. Lots of of things that we could tell you about this, but I'm trying to just hit on the the most important, or what I think would be the most effective. Another thing is be suspicious of urgent emails. Um, many hacks happen through booking partners. So somebody may get your inform somebody may get your information from Booking.com. They don't protect it. And so it gets hacked in on their side. Um, if you get an email saying, hey, you're traveling in a couple of days and uh, we've, we need your credit card information, it's, it's not coming through on our system, always be suspicious of things like that where they're asking you for information at the last minute or to replace sensitive information. To that, to that uh, request, I would say, you know what, I'll be happy to give you that information. I'll, we'll disconnect here. Off of the computer, I'll pick up the phone and call or send an email directly to the company and ask them if they're if they're asking for that information. Because if they've hacked your account, they know that you're about to travel, so they can make that request of you to provide that information. You're listening to the Travel Guys, Mark and Tom. Remember, TravelGuysRadio.com. We're going to take a short time out. Coming up, dynamic pricing. What is it? How does it affect you? Find out when we return. Hey there, my friends. Welcome. It's Mark and Tom, the travel and entertainment guys. Every Saturday, 11 to 12, brought to you by Sports Leisure Vacations. Again, you can get podcasts at TravelGuysRadio.com or KFBK.com. Or for that matter, if you have uh, the iHeartRadio app, just uh, search Travel Guys and uh, there will be. All right, Mark, let's talk a little bit about uh, Surge, Peak, High Seasons. Whatever you want to call the higher prices for hotels, airline tickets, attractions, all of that, uh, dynamic pricing. Uh, why don't we start with a question for you? Okay. And, uh, and the question is simply this. When do you remember dynamic pricing hmm. for the first time? First and, explain up. what it is to folks and then tell me when you first ran across it. Dynamic pricing is where um, travel companies, um, airlines hotels, attractions, uh, sports teams in particular have adopted this. I think they were probably the first, Tom. I've done business uh, with, with the baseball teams in the Bay Area for 45 years, and I think that was the first place to pop up. You know, we've always had, there's always been kind of, you could have called this dynamic pricing for years, seasonal pricing. You know, a hotel that's in a great spot uh, charges a lot of money in the summer, and if they're open, maybe not as much in the winter. And then you have shoulder, what we used to call shoulder seasons in the spring and the fall when they weren't quite peak seasons and the hotel would charge more than they did in the off season but not as much as they did to go in the summertime. And that still exists in many cases. So I guess you could call that a form of, of dynamic pricing, perhaps the first dynamic pricing. Uh, sporting uh, Sports teams, baseball teams, uh, have now for a number of years it now costs a lot more money to go see the Giants play the Dodgers than it does to see the Giants play the Diamondbacks. Um, and whatever team is hot in a particular year or cold in a particular year, 
or you know when the Detroit Tigers make their visit to San Francisco every other year for a three-game series, unless Detroit has a really good team and is battling for uh, a pennant or something like that, then that's probably going to be a lot cheaper to go see the Giants play the Tigers than it is going to be some other teams. Weekend games are uh, more expensive than weekday games. Same thing with hotel rooms. You want to go to a party city on a Friday or a Saturday night, you're going to pay more money than you would if you went on a Monday or Tuesday night. Airlines, um, traditionally, the best days to travel, not talking about holidays or all things, just all things being equal. Airlines, you want to travel on a Tuesday, Wednesday, or a Saturday. Um, For hotels, um, the most expensive nights to stay traditionally for hotels are if they're leisure hotels, Friday and Saturday. If they're a business hotel like Washington, D.C., the peak hotel rates are Tuesday and Wednesday night. That's the night when every, everybody who came in on Sunday or Monday is in town, and everybody who's leaving early is still there. So it doesn't, makes perfect sense that the airfares would be lowest on the days when the hotel rooms would be the highest because people are staying as opposed to traveling. How does this affect leisure travelers? Well, it affects us because of the seasonal thing, but it also affects us because of the demand thing. And the demand thing has gotten, uh, dynamic pricing has gotten to be really an art, Tom. And this is where artificial intelligence is not going to be the friend of the traveler. Because already businesses are using artificial intelligence to project what, what the demand is going to be on a particular day. You know, on a Tuesday in July, are we going to be packed? Or is that going to be an off day? And based on what artificial intelligence knows about the entire region and what information it's been fed will allow it to determine perhaps what your what your load factor, what your customer factor would be. That will help you know how much help you need on any given day. Might alert you to things that might change the flow of people into your business. If there's a special event in a small town on a weekend, there's a lot more people in town on Saturday and perhaps Sunday but there probably will also be more people in town on Friday. And and more often, uh, towns that have celebrations and the like are saying, well, you know, we're going to be packed on these days. How could we spread this out a little bit and get the dollars that tourists bring to our city or our destination and increase the number of, of dollars? So everybody is looking for a bigger share of the pie, and dynamic pricing is one of the ways that they get it. I'm surprised we haven't seen restaurants use dynamic pricing. Uh, more. I'm surprised it doesn't cost more to go to a good steakhouse at 6 o'clock on Friday night than it does at 6 o'clock on Tuesday night. But that could be just around the corner. You know, that was going to be my next question. Where don't you see dynamic pricing? And uh, restaurants is probably a, a pretty good example. Can you think of anybody else? Well, I would say um, gift shops, people who sell knickknacks and souvenirs and things like that generally generally have the same prices year-round but that certainly couldn't been said for las vegas last week um folks reported that everything from bottled water to cokes in the hotel's uh little store you know that they have Mm -hmm, downstairs mm -hmm. that you can access all the prices of all that stuff was inflated so uh, that's the super bowl is a one-off sort of event but many locations and destinations have particular 
times over throughout the year when they know that they're going to have a lot of people in town because something they do annually is going on. Lots of destinations create events exactly so that they can make that happen, so that they can create opportunities for people to come and spend their money because that's what tourism is about, spending your money. But what's happening now is a lot more people are doing this, you know, whether they call it dynamic pricing or peak, non-peak, whatever it is, the person, the and how do you avoid this? Well, you really don't. Um, it's very difficult to avoid. But what you can do is what we preach often on this program, and that is do your homework. Don't just be willing to accept the first hotel's word that, oh, well, the reason our prices are ridiculous is everybody's prices are ridiculous. So go to a site like kayak.com and pull up the hotels for San Diego for the third weekend in March that you want to go and take a look and find out that maybe right around that core area prices are a lot higher. But, heck, you're going to rent a car anyway. So if you were 10 miles down the road in a nice Hilton Garden Inn, that maybe you're paying closer to what the going rate ought to be. So if you don't do your homework, you will be subjected to more of this dynamic pricing. Um, Some people would also call it screw the traveler. But uh, dynamic pricing Mm -hmm. is a much better way, much better phrase (laughs) to use. You know, uh there was a point where for booking uh, airlines particularly of travel uh book out a ways make sure that you do it do it soon and you'll yes. get a better rate but there are certain times of the year whether it's during spring break or whether the holidays uh, thanksgiving christmas those rates doesn't really matter when you get ready to book them they always seem to be uh at peak is there any suggestions in regards to how to how to try to circumvent that and get a better rate well, it kind of comes back to the homework thing again, and I'll give you an example, Tom. I have a group leaving for Kauai on Tuesday. They're flying mm-hmm. on Southwest Airlines. Southwest tends to be $150 less than each direction than Hawaiian and some of the other, United, some of the other carriers that will get you to the island. So Southwest doesn't charge for baggage. They also have an inch more between room between their seats than many of the carriers. There's really not any reason not to fly Southwest. Anyway... To your point, I just happened to, when I was looking at their arrangements uh, for Tuesday, I happened to pull up the airfares for Tuesday. Um, You could go to Kauai with Southwest on Tuesday and only pay $60 more than my people are paying for their airfare that I booked for them last August. So obviously there are seats on the plane, Mm -hmm. and Southwest would like to sell some of them. And they know that last-minute travelers are looking around, and if United is $675 and Southwest is 238 then it's not going to be even a rocket scientist can, could figure that mm-hmm. one out. So that's, in some cases, you know, in the old days we used to have 7-day, 14-day, 21-day advance fares. Yeah, right. kind of, sort of, but those things are pretty much out the window. It's not uncommon to find a really good fare only a few days out. But it's also not uncommon to find a fare twice as much on another carrier. Same thing with hotels. Um, hotels have priced themselves to perfection because there's a big event going on, and some hotels still have rooms, and they're not paying attention. But the Hilton has rooms, and that guy's paying attention, and he says, well, if I drop my rate 50 bucks or 75 bucks, I can probably pick up most of those last-minute people and fill some of my rooms. So dynamic pricing is one heck of a good way for attractions, hotels, airlines, and stuff to squeeze every last dollar out of the consumer. Your only way to fight back against that 
is to do your homework. There are websites uh, like Kayak. There's one for hotels, which is getting away from me uh, right now. But there are websites that will do the comparison shopping for you. They're also trying to sell you a product, so be careful that they're not your only source for information. But nonetheless, it's a, it's a way, by doing your homework and doing a little research, sometimes you can stumble on something that would save you a truckload of money. Now, now you've mentioned this before. You, you go to Hotels.com, you go to Travelocity, whatever. You look around, you find the best rate at uh, uh, at a hotel uh, and so forth. And But you don't book it there. You can call the hotel direct and let them know that you have seen and you have available, you've seen a price uh, this price point. And isn't it true that uh, that sometimes they will give it to you? And, 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 and we've always discussed that it's better to book direct because if something goes sideways and the room isn't available or you get there and it's the, the, the reservation is all goofed up, now, you have no nowhere to turn because these online services aren't going to back you up. It's so, pretty again. It's pretty rare for the online price from Widget.com to be cheaper than what Hilton is selling the room for. It happens, but it's pretty rare, and most of the time it's only a few bucks. So your point to you know check out three or four or five different places, all things being equal. Um, and you're saying, well, you know, if I book with Booking.com, why they'll give me these points? Well, um, Hilton will take care of you in the point. You know, don't be swayed by a frequent guest program or something like that, or extra points, or you know, five times points. Have you looked what it, what it costs when you redeem points these days? Even inexpensive, out of the way hotels are ridiculous amounts of points. That's because they've printed so many of these points, and people have so many of them that they can't. That the prices. The points inflation situation is way worse than the inflation with our actual currency. Got it. Okay. All righty then. Uh, I hope that's of some benefit to you. Once again, we are the Travel Guys here to make you a smarter traveler. We're going to take a little bit of a time. Are we done with that one, Mark? We are. Okay. All right then. Coming up, it's our odds and ends segment. We're going to feature an update on the future of America's biggest river cruise line. Stick around. We are final segment of the Travel and Entertainment Guys, hosted by Mark Hoffman and Tom Romano. Uh, again, our website, TravelGuysRadio.com. Thanks for coming along. All right, Mark, let's see here. Final segment, we've got uh, two or three things to cover. Where do we start? Well, um, I want to, for folks, for, for travelers who travel with a disability, particularly those who need wheelchair Assistance. They may not travel with a wheelchair, but wheelchair is, is of great help to them when they get in, in navigating the airports and stuff like that. At TravelGuysRadio.com, we have posted a, uh, a list of caregiver and airline wheelchair policies. Um, Travelers United shared this with us. It's really a good, uh, a, a good recap of who needs a wheelchair and how to get them and all of that kind of stuff. So there's a, a, a really good resource if you are a person who travels with disabilities or a person who travels and needs wheelchair assistance at the airport. There's a way, there's a, a list that might make your job, your life a little bit easier the next time you, you travel. Travelguysradio.com. We have a list there on our website that we update every week. Uh, some of them are with stories, with links to stories that are part of our travel news or we that think 
where folks might be looking for more information. So if you go to the website, you'll find on that list things that we consider to be of importance that we've talked about on the air over the last four to six weeks. Some things stay there for a long time because we think they are really important and things that will help you. So if you're looking for a way to be a smarter traveler, not just here on the Travel Guys, but you can go to TravelGuysRadio.com and find a lot of resources that will help you there. One of them at the very top of the list is about uh, wheelchair, airline wheelchair and caregiver policies. And like I said, um, they did the folks at Travelers United. This uh, article was written by our friend Charlie. Um, and it's a really good article if you are somebody who needs that type of assistance when you when you travel. And by golly, if you need it, you, you have to have it. So it's it's something that you get into big airports, you've got 45 minutes to connect, and you've got a little bit of a walking disability, you're not going to make it. <coughs> Besides that, if you request assistance, now we've talked before, don't request assistance if you don't need it because that jams up the whole system and keeps it from somebody who might. But if you do need assistance and you've requested it in advance, then it gives them the opportunity to have somebody there to help you and also means they won't leave without you. So um, not, yeah. a bad, not a bad idea. No, no. I, I, I was thinking about the time that uh, uh, the, one of your trips some years ago where I think you did have people in wheelchairs. And for whatever the reason, they did leave without them. United lost a gentleman who was 100 years old and was still traveling. His wife was you know, probably 10, 15 years his junior. But they took them into the bowels of the Houston airport, and they didn't make the plane. And we didn't know they didn't make the plane because, you know, you get on the airplane. If you've got 20 or 30 or 40 people, you'll see some of them as you're boarding and as you're sitting down and stuff like that. But there's no way you can take a passenger count. You have to just hope that everybody made it. And 99 times out of 100, everybody does. But in this case, United, yes, left this gentleman and his wife in the bowels of the airport. And by the time they figured out where they needed to be and stuff, it was too late. So it's good if you're using that assistance. Make sure that you know your basic information. Know what gate you're going to and know what time your plane leaves. And just because the airport is there to help you, get out your cell phone when the plane lands and sign up for the notifications so they will send you a thing and say, hey, you're at A22, you have to go to C76. It takes three and a half days to get there, so good luck to you. <laughs> uh, but no, usually they will tell you, you know, it takes 10 or 12 minutes, so you can kind of look at your watch and say, gee, um, do I have the time to tinkle and get something to eat, or can I just do one of those two things before I get on the next flight? Um, hey, here's an interesting travel story. You know, when you go to Mardi Gras, Tom, they uh, they throw beads. Big thing is mm-hmm. is beads at at Mardi Gras festivals. Um, those beads are made out of, in most cases, plastic. plastic. Yeah. yeah. So they end up in drains and Ew. they end up being a major polluter. The folks who run Mardi Gras are working on. Uh, a, a, there's a nonprofit that's hooked up with Mardi Gras now that's marketing more than two dozen types of non-plastic sustainable items for parade watchers to pitch at at the uh, floats and stuff as they go by. What a cool idea. Yeah. Um, congratulations to Mardi Gras for thinking. Of course, it took a while for people, I, I guess, to come up with this idea. But nonetheless, you'll be able to go to Mardi Gras and throw your beads, and they will be non-plastic beads. 
So, and hopefully, maybe they won't hurt quite as. Can you imagine being on one of those floats and people are throwing stuff at you from fifty feet away? All Edible right. beads. And, ooh, what a great idea! Yeah, start um, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. A different form of edible, so to speak. Um, here is uh, a story that I, that we teased that is kind of important. Um, we talked with you a few weeks ago and told you that some groups of travel advisors, travel agencies, had stopped selling. Uh, many travel agencies belong to what are called consortiums, to groups of people who negotiate uh, good prices with suppliers and the like, you pay money to belong to this group. They go and, and negotiate on your behalf because you're a small travel agent and you couldn't move the needle on your own, so they go and do it for you. Um, several of these groups had decided, based on some recent experiences with the American Queen Voyages Company, one of the river cruising ships, uh, companies in the country, that they were not going to sell their product anymore. And they were very vague about the way that they talked about it, and we kind of deduced from what they were talking about, I mentioned at the time, this might be a red flag, that these major travel companies that sell travel have decided not to sell this really popular product. Um, And they said something about, well, logistics and about delays with refunds, and they were very, they painted a very vague picture. My company had a group scheduled to travel in early November on one of their ships, uh, based on this information, we started following up. We followed up with the cruise line. We asked them, you know, what protections are you offering? Um, surely you know about these things. We got the same no-answer answers that were printed in the media. Uh, well, you know, everybody will get their money back. Well, how is that going to happen? Well, everybody will get their money back if we don't sail. Um, and it's like, okay, so another red flag goes up. If they're not willing to tell you, they're not willing to give you straight answers, so we're just kind of sitting on the fence here trying to decide what to do about our particular cruise in November. We haven't given the, the cruise line any money yet, haven't taken any money from our passengers. Um, and and this week comes the announcement that American Queen Voyages canceled three February sailings. The first three sailings on two of their boats that were to occur in late February to kick off the season were canceled. Um, they said that they, were can- they encountered an occurrence that has led us to have to extend our layup schedule to ensure we can deliver the best possible customer experience. So if you can explain to me what that means, let me read it to you one more time. We've encountered an occurrence that has led us to have to extend our layup schedule to ensure that we can deliver the best possible customer experience. Your cruise is canceled. Uh, your cruise is canceled, and, and we're, uh, not we're, not, why. and we're not telling you why exactly right. So my company, Sports Leisure Vacations, canceled our group that was to go in November, which was a shame because we would have had a full complement of 30 people without any doubt, so it means some lost profits. But I'm not going to give my people's money to somebody and hope that they can perform come the fall because a lot of the answers they're giving are the same answers that companies give right before they pull the plug. Yeah, where was that uh, that river cruise going? Uh, we had a cruise that was in uh, was it around the Tennessee area. It was going to visit Nashville and Memphis. Uh, I know a lot of our travelers are really looking forward to it, but my job as a travel company is to make sure that I do my homework so that my people don't get stuck in situations like that. If you have a really good travel advisor... 
they'll be doing their homework to keep you out of these situations. If you don't have somebody like that, then it could be you could come up a little short. Next week on the Travel Guys, we're going to hit the Travel Guys mailbag. If you have a question, send it to us at TravelGuysRadio.com. In the meantime, dance like nobody's watching. Stay well, my friends. We'll see you next week right here on the Travel Guys. Travel Guys.